growing up the way that I did, wanting to be perfect, my sister and I were overweight. We would be called Bertha Butt. I had those teachers tell me that I wasn't good enough. My medical records is the way that they described me. Depressed, fearful, frightened, angry, helpless, hopeless, depressed, worthless, detached. And now I'm speaking to like 800 of you. And I'm not patting myself on the back, I'm really not. Our experiences, both good and bad, make us who we are. And a big one for me is my battle with mental illness and my stay in the mental hospital. It is my story, I am not embarrassed, and it's the story that brings me to send you a long distance hug every single week. So welcome friend to Consider Yourself Hugged episode 60, today's hug, session one, stress club book study for women. I am Dr. Tammy West here every week to bring you tips on living a life that brings you mental and emotional well-being. I hope you are doing fabulously through this crazy time that we are living in. And I sent out a newsletter and I posted on Facebook and I had this great plan. So here was my plan. My plan was to do this book study on Zoom and stream it live into my Stress Club Facebook page which I did, and the third part of that plan was to take the audio from those sessions and use that every week for the podcast. The first thing that happened was I forgot to hit record on session one, but I didn't know that that was the case until late on Monday, and so that's why we didn't have a podcast last Tuesday. The second thing that happened was the audio was terrible. I mean, first of all, I was just in the middle of my living room, which I think I warned about maybe when I talked. And second of all, I would have technology glitches and I would have to answer people's questions. And the last thing that you all want to do is listen to me going, oh, hold on a minute. Okay, wait, let me get to you on Facebook. So anyway, that plan did not work. So here is the new plan. I am going to record just like always, but with that same content. So what that means is every week for the next 10 weeks, we'll focus on one chapter of the book basically per week. So this is definitely geared toward women. But if you are a man listening, I mean, please continue to listen because this can help you so much because many of the concepts apply. And also if you have a woman in your life, then it can really, really help to apply. Um, So the last thing I want to say before we kind of get into content is that you also unless you follow me on social media, or to, or if you're not on my email list, you may not know that I did a Kindle promotion. So you should be listening to this on Tuesday, April 21st. Tomorrow morning, Wednesday, well, midnight Tuesday night to midnight Wednesday night, I'm going to have one free, final free day where you can download the book for free on Kindle. If you don't use Kindle, send me an email or contact me on social media, and I will send you a PDF of the book. I feel like this time in my business is not about selling things and making money. It is just being present. You know, it's just being present and helping people with whatever I can and not not trying to sell things. So I hope that you stay with me for the next 10 weeks. If you want to see the, the actual like live video on Facebook that was streaming from Zoom, then the link to my to my private Facebook page will be in the show notes so you can do that. And also I'll put other links in the show notes that I did not give to the people who were on Zoom and Facebook. Y'all know I'm pretty scattered, so if I forgot something, I apologize. 
but hopefully I didn't. So what we're going to do today, today is kind of fast. I try to cram a lot in, but I wanted to limit it to 10 weeks. So today we're actually just going to do a quick introduction. Um, I want to give you some things to think about. And then the subsequent weeks, so I'm sorry, the introduction, chapter one and chapter two, and then we'll do daily chapters for like eight weeks. And then on the last week, we'll do two chapters. So that'll get us through um, to the end of the book. So see, I don't know. Hopefully I didn't forget anything else. So I'm going to post in the show notes a couple of questions for you to think about. Um, It says before reading, but you know, it's okay if you want to do the questions after reading, or maybe you're going to send it to a friend. But these are, I have book study questions and I'll post those at the end. Um, The first question is just for you to think about what steps or books or classes have you already taken before reading this book to manage your quote stress and how have they helped you? And the second question is, what do you hope to accomplish by reading this book or doing this study? See, I feel like this is a great time for women to do this because we're in this weird situation that we've never lived through before. Most people have a little bit more time. Even if you're out there working on the front lines, you then can't come home and go out to eat or go shopping or the things that we normally do. So um, I hope that you have a little bit more downtime what a perfect time to manage the way that we react to situations in our life. So those are two questions to think about. Um, I do want to thank a few people before I dive in as well. My husband, Tim, who is the one who encouraged me to write this book. And I want to thank Nikki Holly, my niece, who did all of the graphics for the book. Um, I want to thank Mike Toll, who edited my book. And then finally, the 30 ladies who gave up their time for me to interview them for this book, actually for my dissertation, for my PhD dissertation. Thank you, thank you, thank you to those ladies. My introduction, you know, in the introduction of the book, I talk about, I think that we should have a revolution, a revolution of our thoughts You know, you can go burn your bra if you want to, like they did in the 60s. But I want a revolution where we say to the world, stop telling me how I'm supposed to react to things in my life and how I'm supposed to live a stressed out life. And how about I decide? I want we, I want us to decide. But I also, when I say women, oh my goodness, that is such, that is such a big term. Now I'm going to flip occasionally through the book and read a couple of things, but who am I addressing in this book? Am I talking about every, quote, stressful event in your life? I'm really not. What I really address in this book is what I would consider with, I guess, lack of a better word, normal daily life, which what is that now? But what I mean, I'm not, I'm not talking about traumatic situations. Like if you had a death in the family or you've had financial disaster, let me, let me read a list. And this is on Roman numeral. Let's see, I think it's page I'm so embarrassed. Maybe 13, X-I-I-I. In the introduction, that's how it's labeled. So I have have some bullets, a few situations that might describe you. Maybe the word stress is common in your conversations, especially when you're talking with other women. Maybe that's you. Um, You have a job where you work long hours, maybe weekends, and you're exhausted. Maybe you're a stay-at-home mom. You're on call 24-7. 
No one appreciates you. No one values what you do. Maybe you're younger or older and your parents are either too involved in your life or not involved enough. Maybe you live in a place that has a lot of traffic. Maybe your kids don't obey. Maybe your husband doesn't help. Maybe your mom drives you nuts. Fill in your situation. So you see what I mean? I'm just addressing all the things that we go through during our life. Let's talk for a minute about the word stress, which I'm going to talk a lot about and I've already talked about on this podcast. But the thing in the introduction, I talk about this in our world today, stress is considered to be normal. Okay, but it's killing us. But it's part of life. But we have to manage it. But it's debilitating. But it's helpful. We have all these mixed messages. And that's why I wrote the book. You've probably already had, you know, the first question I said to think about is what steps have you already taken? I bet you have already done something. You know, you've read an article, you've looked online. Most of us have done something. But what I noticed over my like adult life was that, but people don't take the advice. Why not? The three missing pieces, sort of like missing puzzle pieces. And isn't that annoying when you just have one or two or three missing pieces? The things that I think we're missing is what I address in this book. And they are the three things. First of all, the word stress, which I just mentioned for a minute. The second thing is women's language, how we talk. And the third thing is women's identities, okay? Our very identities and who we are. So as we go throughout the next 10 weeks, these are the things we are going to address. So I noticed some things. When I said the reason I wrote the book, those three missing puzzle pieces, I noticed that, and this is getting us into chapter one, okay? Chapter one is titled Frogs in Pots, and I'll explain why in just a minute. And I talk about this in the book. I noticed, for example, um, I spoke once in Virginia, and it was the end of me being on the road for a couple of weeks, and I said to the group, I said, oh, man, because it's Friday. I said, I'm going to fly home this afternoon and tomorrow I'm not doing anything. I'm going to read a book. I'm going to take a nap. And what I heard from some of the women in the room was, must be nice. Wish I could do that. Wish I could just take the day. You must not have kids. You've heard it before, right? And I thought, well, that was interesting. And I tell multiple stories in the book, but you get the, the picture from that. I was like, what does that even mean? Well, then when I started to dig in, I started reading statistics, and the statistics continue to show. We're all stressed. It's getting worse. The APA, the American Psychological Association, does a report every year, and it's stress in America. I can't imagine what that report is going to be next year, like after COVID. What are people going to say? And I'm going to talk more about that later and what those, those stress tests are like. But the statistics keep getting worse. So then, especially for women. So then I started looking at some women's books. I started looking at the women's movement. Well, back, and I'll post a link to these books. Back in 19, I think it was 64, which was the year I was born. Forgive me if I have the date wrong. I don't, I tend to forget things pretty quickly. A woman named Betty Friedan wrote a book called The Feminine Mystique. And what she talks about is she calls it mystique, meaning the problem that has no name, meaning women are unhappy. They they were taking medication for their unhappiness. And the solution was to buy a new blender 
or to buy a new refrigerator. All the advertisement was targeted to women. Betty Friedan says her solution was women need to have meaningful work. I mean, you can imagine, right? 50s and 60s. We know a lot of housewives, they weren't valued and they were just at home all day and their husbands didn't value them or kids were driving them crazy. So the solution was go to work. Fast forward, 1995, I think, Elizabeth Pearl McKenna wrote a book called When Work Doesn't Work Anymore. And she talks about women being burned out, women not having time for family, women wanting more time to be a person, to be with family. So this whole work thing was just adding to women's burdens. Okay, so, so you see the messages, right? Betty Friedan, oh my goodness, we need to go to work. Elizabeth Pearl McKenna, oh, we need to back off a little bit. And then more currently, Leslie Bennett's wrote a book more recently called The Feminine Mistake. And of course, she was doing a play on words with Betty Friedan. And she was saying, ladies, don't take yourself out of the workplace. Because we see a little bit of a trend of women staying home with their kids. And so she's like, don't do that because you lose your independence. (gasps) And I'm like, what in the world is happening? We have all of these messages from all of these places. Why? And so I'm going to read a little bit from my book on page nine, Back to the Frog in Pots. What is the deal about frog in pots? So just a few things that I wrote about this. It seems we're doomed to be unhappy. We're doomed to be stressed no matter what the situation. But don't worry, there's help. There's 10 ways to bust your stress, but it usually involves an advertisement and a product. And we should take care of ourselves. Don't get me wrong. But why are we not, even though we have everything available? And so I put in bold, it's risky not to be stressed because you'll be left out of the club. Of the club. In fact, for women, the risk of not being stressed might be equal to or greater than the risk of being stressed. So what I mean is, you know, we're told that we're going to die, we're going to, we're getting sick because of stress, and that's a risk. But not being stressed means that you're left out of the club. Your friends might leave you out of the club, and that's what this study is all about. So the frogs in pots, you guys have, have heard, you know, that the frog is in the boiling water, it just sits there and sits there, it feels normal, Stress feels normal. It feels like it's just part of life. And then before we know it, the water is boiling. And I think the water right now is boiling. So it took me a while to figure out how to study this, um, how to study this concept that no one else had talked about. So I wrote, and I'm on page 11. So if you have the book, you know, definitely follow along. Um, Hopefully you'll, you'll get it and download it for free. But it took me several years to find a field that would help me study. And it's called discursive psychology, which I'm going to introduce in a couple of times. And it's, it's the study of conversations. My committee didn't understand what I wanted to study. For example, I said to my instructors, I want to study how women talk about stress. And they would say, Oh, so you want to you want to know how they're feeling stress or how they experience stress or you want to know why I'm like no. I I want to know how they're talking about stress. And I finally found this field. It's hardly studied in the US, but it's fairly abundant over in the UK and New Zealand. And actually Dr. Margaret Weatherell, who is the founding one of the founding researchers in this field, she agreed to be on my committee. 
And so I finally found a field that I could study. And so before we transition on to chapter two, because chapter one is, I just, I wanted you to understand sort of the background, that I had been noticing things, that I had seen these conversations, that I saw the statistics worsen, that I knew there was a history of messages to us about how we were supposed to live, and I wanted us to take our power back. So I just want to end this chapter on the note that we all have stories. And I'm going to read this right out of my book to give such deep thanks to the women in my study. I said, throughout this book, you will hear voices of women who, by taking part of my study, effectively agreed to help make your life better. Some things occurred during the interview as I expected. Other things happened that I hadn't anticipated. Intimate details of lives and pain, feelings of being overwhelmed and taken advantage of, stories of suicide, divorce, mental health, and more. These women held back nothing. So think about your story as we go along. And in fact, that is how we are transitioning into chapter two. So chapter one um, is the background. And I told you I was going to go kind of fast and put a lot in this. But that's just because it's just the the foundation. And I wanted to keep to 10 weeks. I think y'all know I'm kind of a time Nazi. I try to be honorable and respectful of your time. So now let's go on over to chapter two. Chapter two is titled The Fungus on the Floor. And I'm going to go ahead and tell you why. Because when I did it live, I forgot to tell them why. Um, My story which I'll just recap here in a second, is growing up with a mother with mental health, which you probably know if you've listened to me at all, then I developed severe mental health issues when I was 10. And then I was hospitalized in 1995 for post-traumatic stress, PTSD, depression, anxiety disorder, and panic disorder. My growing up time with my mom with mental health, she um, had severe depression and she began some hoarding behavior. We grew up in poverty and sometimes pretty much a filthy environment. We had the health department called on us. And I remember we had this, um, we had this uh, bathtub where the, or septic tank that backed up. And it backed up into our bathtub. And we literally had fungus growing between the tile floor and the bathtub that I would occasionally have to go and just pull out. That is the memory that stays. That's sort of the height of saying, yeah, we lived in some gross, in some gross situations. I wrote, when I wrote my first book, Life Without the Monsters, I wrote a little bit about going into the mental hospital. And I just want to read just a little bit to you. I I put a bunch of it in there on page 17 and 18, but I want to read part of it just so you can know where my mind was as I was going into this mental hospital. This was as real as it could possibly be. I was in a mental institution and they're thinking I might try to kill myself. I wanted to go home. I was in a room now all alone. No family, not a nurse. I wasn't sure I could make it through this. The fear, the crying, the shaking. I felt like I was losing my mind. It was not fair. The world is going on without me and I'm in here going crazy. I can't take it anymore. No one here cares. They're ignoring me. Help me. I was in a state of pure panic when the nurse finally asked the doctor if she could give me a tranquilizer. He agreed. She gave me a pill that would allow me to calm down and sleep. Soon, the shaking slowed to a tremble. The crying was down to a whimper. 
Fear was turning to drowsiness. How could I ever recover from this? Would I recover? How had I reached this point? How had I reached this point is the biggest question. And I think it's because um, I put on page 20 of the book, I talked about women. You know, men, some of this is going to apply to men, but I'm talking to you as a woman. We are like a tangled mess of net well web of necklaces have you ever gotten in like a jewelry box or an old box where you had necklaces and you just they were just this one big web and it was hard to see where one stopped and the other began and it takes you forever to kind of tease them apart that's what we do with the stress in our lives and with our stories it's all lumped together we lump everything under stress we lump anxiety worry fear anger sadness finances death divorce, taxes, traffic, late picking up kids, and we put it all like this big web of necklaces along with our histories and our stories. And you look at it, and it all appears as a big lump. How do we tease it out? We need to tease it out by looking at our stories. So I want to just trace my story for just a minute, and I want you to do the same by looking at a man named Ed Diener, and he has something called the Formula for Happiness. I don't think that I've talked about it on a podcast before. Um, now that we're up to episode 60, sometimes I forget. But think of your story. And by your story, I just mean if you had to say, oh, like I did. I grew up this way. This happened. That kind of thing. So Dr. Diener works in the school of um, positive psychology. And he talks about this Formula for Happiness. And by happiness, he means basically how we respond to situations in our life. How quickly do we bounce back? Are we more up? Are we more down? Do we get over things quickly? Things like that. Your attitude, is it positive? And he says there are three factors that contribute to that. The first one is your genetics. And that basically means look at your parents. Now, for me, I just told you my mother, severe depression for basically her whole life, even when we were little, I don't remember it, but she was put in the hospital, I don't know, a couple times for what we used to call nervous breakdowns. You might remember that. And so that was that side. And then my dad, and he passed away just a few weeks ago, he had severe anger issues. So this is not good news for me. Um, you may have parents that are just bright and chipper and upbeat and positive, and maybe it's really good news for you. But because what Ed says, it's about 50%. Okay, about half is genetics. But now remember, we still have half. So the second thing that he talks about are the conditions of your life. And this is what we all tend to think is the deal. Um, it could be the weather. It could be your health. It could be your finances, your job, your family. Um, for me, you know, my parents divorced. I was bullied as a child because I was overweight. We were the neighborhood outcast, the trash, the filth. All of those things, the poverty, the just all of that. So what he said, we tend to think that that's going to be nearly the other 50%, but it's not. It's only 8 to 15% because he reminds us that those things pass. Okay, those things pass. So only about, so we're up to, let's say that we're up to, I'm going to say to 50 plus 8. I'm going to say 8% of life conditions, 58%. That means we have 42% left. I'm going to call it, I'm going to round up. 
I'm going to say nearly half. Nearly half is the last part of the formula, and that is our choices. That is our choices. I, I'm going to read something to you, and I'm on page 29, and here's what he said. So in his study, to come up with this formula, um, uh, bah, 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 bah. okay, a group of psychology students were assigned four activities. Number one, attend a lecture. Number two, perform an act of kindness. Number three, thank someone for something. And number four, eat an ice cream cone. I know that one sounds good, doesn't it? What happened? All of the activities lifted their spirits spirits for the whole day except one. And you know what that was? Eating an ice cream cone. The happy feelings from eating the ice cream cone were short-lived. But the positive things that they did, especially the ones that connected them, even the lecture connected them, lifted their spirits for the whole day. That's that we are social creatures. And that is part of what makes this so hard um, this isolation, because even if you're an introvert, we still need people from time to time, some of us more than others. And so it is difficult when we aren't able to be with people. But you know what? We're seeing all kinds of stories of people helping, and it, it makes such a big difference. It lifts your spirits. Anything that, that connects you or educates you or grows you in any way that is going to lift your spirits more than the ice cream cone, which I'm sure was very, very yummy when you had it. So that's that. Um, I told you it'd be fast and it was a very brief overview. But what I, my goal today, and I hope that I met that, was first just to talk a little bit about the introduction, that I want a revolution for us and that stress is we're getting these mixed messages and that there is a missing piece to women taking care of themselves. That was in the intro. And then the frogs in pots to open our eyes to the fact that we have been, and I'll talk more about the messages later, but we're told how we're supposed to feel, how we're supposed to live. You watch commercials that show stressed out women. Then we talk to each other in this must be nice way. And I just wondered and so we're conditioned where these frogs were in water and now we're boiling and it's time for a change. And then the third thing in chapter in chapter two, the fungus on the floor, was just to, and I'm going to refer to this happiness formula multiple times during our sessions. It's just to say things contribute to the way that you respond to life, your genetics, the conditions of your life, and your choices. And sadly, that is our time for today. Um, I am praying every day for our country, our leaders, everyone's roles in this time, all the people affected, and you. And I'll, I hope that you'll join me in doing this and in staying mentally and emotionally healthy. As always, please pass the show link along to a friend or two and subscribe, download, review, wherever you are listening. Um, head over to my website, TammyWest.com, because I would love to speak at your next event. As you can imagine, speaking is not exactly um, happening right now. Um, I'll also put the links and the information. Please follow me on Facebook and other social media outlets. The links are in the show notes. If you are a woman and haven't joined my private group, the Facebook group, The Stress Club, the link is in the show notes. Every day I'm posting. Um, for 10 days, I've been doing this, and then I have other things that I put in there as well. Thank you, as always, so much for listening, being part of my world, trusting me with your time, growing our special community. And I pray that each day you remember to love, 
to serve, to feel worthy, to grow, to connect, to change, and to be the best person you can be for yourself and for the other humans in your world. And until next time, consider yourself hugged.